Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I grew up in a three traffic light town. So very small town. Yeah. Two time state yeah, champion. Is that right? Yeah, Bruce is. Two time <laughs> state sure. champion. Yeah. Cross country. I knew that would come up. I knew you couldn't resist. <laughs> West Liberty Salem. That's good to know. That is good to know. Um, I didn't know I was talking to a state champion. Yeah, two-time state champion coach. It gets very sensitive if you don't say two-time state champion decided. Next time, say two-time state champion. I think you get more sensitive. No, I, I have to defend your honor. I mean, it's oh, insulting I that so uh, Chris Holtman, what's he accomplished in his life? <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I, you I, are well. You started the day with to, able to take a... Little dig at That's me not for a being dig. a stage. Every time I say that, it's a compliment. It is okay. It's good. NASCAR was started yesterday. Ah, and... Darlington. Yeah, made live pro golf yesterday. Yeah, I didn't watch any of that. I watched the PGA from 2000 with Tiger Woods and Nick May. Or what was it? Scott May. Not Scott Bob May. May. Bob May. Bob Scott May. May. Of course, an Indiana Hoosier Thanks who for I love. That up <laughs> from an Indiana team that was undefeated. So it, everything's uh, going well, and the the move is progressing, and it's getting closer and closer to that time. And it's funny you think you progress and cleaning stuff out and packing stuff, and you find another room or another drawer that <laughs> it's just completely. <laughs> When's the move happening? By the way, a couple weeks. So a couple weeks. Yeah. Couple, are you um, moving in the same zip code? Or are you yes, stay- you are same okay. zip code. Yes. Okay, you know the reason for the move is I when when we blended families, okay, all of a sudden you know there's yeah, you a lot it. of people, right? right? There's yeah. ten of us or eight of us or eight of us, I believe, and you know we had to have uh, the room. We don't need that anymore. There's only one left at home. That's Audrey, who, by the way, I'm very proud of Audrey. Since it's a podcast, we can brag about our kids. Sure, of course. Right now, Audrey, with the homeschooling, has been able to maintain. And it's the first time she's ever gotten a four-point or slash above in her high school career. So I was very proud of her and excited for her. And the the beautiful thing about Audrey, uh, she's got the, out of all my kids, they all are unique and special, as you know, Mm -hmm. because they're all different. She's Mm -hmm. just got the sweetest demeanor about her and a really good work ethic. Now, she's not an athlete by choice. She's a natural athlete, but she's not an athlete by choice. But her work ethic is outstanding. She's been able to find uh, work during this time, which I'm proud of her because not everybody would do that. And she took it the onus upon herself and the initiative along with her oldest stepsister to find uh, a nanny and job that people that are working from home needed help desperately within the neighborhood. And so I'm very proud of uh, them taking the initiative. And so That's a great idea. What well, good way to serve. too? Yeah. And she's doing a great job. So and both of them are. But I'm just I just want to point out, Audrey, because sometimes being a non-athlete by choice in the family I think sometimes gets uh, overlooked. And so I'm very conscious of this. And I hope this is a good lesson for us all with our kids, especially if you have multiple kids like myself, is that recognize your kids' strengths and let them know that you recognize their strengths and how proud you are of them. And I've always told Odge, like she was teaching a, uh, before this pandemic hit, she was teaching like three or four-year-olds, like a little cheer class up at the Bounce Club in Powell. Mm-hmm. And they did a performance at a senior center. And I went to watch Audrey coach her team and i was just as excited this is the cool thing about being a parent i was just as excited about going to watch audrey coach these three and four year old girls as i was about driving to bowling green or Mm -hmm. to wheaton illinois or or when maddie was playing or going to one of the older kids 
games mm-hmm. because I was so proud of her and the patience and, and how she handled those kids. So that's just a good lesson for us all to learn, especially with multiple children, because, you know, sometimes I joke around in my family. I call Macy the franchise. And like if <laughs> if, if somebody's, uh, if we're moving boxes, hey, Aj, Macy, yeah. is not, Macy doesn't need to throw her back out. We can't hurt the franchise. You get the box, you know. So, <laughs> so uh one of the things that I've kind of enjoyed was noticing how each of my internet family, each of them have responded, and, and they all passed with uh, flying colors. And one of my children struggles with anxiety a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and I've just been so proud of her and how she's been able to handle things and actually get a lot accomplished uh, during this self-induced quarantine, self-inflicted shutdown. Yeah. Great. So I just uh, wanted to bring you up to date on that. It's fantastic. Uh, we want to welcome everyone to a Monday edition of the Spillman Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. We hope you're enjoying uh, a cup of the official coffee of the podcast, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. There you see uh, their travel mug. Uh, we would invite you to taste Hemisphere Coffee yeah. Roasters Coffee. Put it to the taste test. Chris loves it. I have loved every coffee they've made for me. Three visits over to their uh, store in Mechanicsburg. They are open. You can uh, go in and get your coffee there socially distanced and safe. You can uh, order, I think, more conveniently probably for our customers or for our listeners online at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. They buy their coffee direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, and Indonesia. Whole bean or ground, and they'll roast it to your order. Light, medium, and dark roast. Spills has tried many of their different varieties. They have it in K-Cups. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you this. Uh, I... By the way, I used to be a Starbucks. I used to order that all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't had, ever since I've been introduced to Hemisphere, I haven't had Starbucks. You can order and get a 15% discount from Hemisphere using the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps, or you can donate that back to COVID-19 Relief. We award $1,000 every Friday. This Friday will be 1250 Yeah, because we have a very we had a very honest winner yes. Friday. Uh, Coach Phil uh, won on Friday, and I had entered his name early when he wrote to commend us for doing COVID-19 relief. And he mentioned in that email, he has many coworkers in need. So I entered his name on behalf of his coworkers. Then a few weeks later, he entered on behalf of a friend named Justin. Mm -hmm. We pulled, because we pulled names at random, we pulled the second entry first. And so Justin received his money. Then this past Friday, we pulled Phil's name again. So Phil said his first email did not intend to nominate anyone. And he said, just keep it in the pot, and we'll, okay, so we'll so pull we'll, five. We'll pull five names. On and Friday, I'm happy yes. to report that the three other winners have been paid, uh, which is a great job by Carrie of reaching mm-hmm. out and, and making sure that gets done by Monday at the latest. And uh, one of the things that really frustrated me yesterday was I was driving and dropping something off at Volunteers of America. I was listening to a Christian radio station, and the person on there said um, in between songs, I'm sure it was meant in in proper intentions were in her heart. But she said, well, we got to live in this new normal. No, no, we're not going to live in this new normal. I think you're, you know, you live aware, you live responsibly, but you live free. You don't live, there's not going to be a new normal. I remember when um, Dr. Acton was talking about, and she said, you know, her dream would be everybody to wear masks and live in a new normal. It's not going to be a new normal. It's going to be what we are. That's who we are. That's how we're created. It's been like that way since the beginning of man. Now, that doesn't mean don't be irresponsible. Like We drove to Centerville this weekend to look at furniture. 
And, you know, I walk in there and I asked the guy, would you like me to wear a mask? He said, yes, no problem. I put the mask on. And I'm wondering if I'm breaking protocol because there was probably five, huge store, right? You can yeah. imagine a furniture oh, yeah. store. I know the so store. Big, big spread out all yeah. over the place. So you can imagine I'm just walking around. I'm touching the mask, which you're not supposed to do. And I realize, and I'm scolding myself for touching the mask, but I can't breathe and my glasses are fogging up, but I have to be able to see. Right. So I just kind of, like if nobody was in my general area, I would take the mask down. Now, I wondered if that's frowned upon. Sure, because you're I'm touching doing, the mask. You're not supposed no, to touch the mask. mask. So, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, then I, I should self uh should report myself and turn myself in. <laughs> and I think that's very common. I think most people are touching the mask more than is ideal to maximize the effect of wearing the mask. Yeah. I don't wear one unless I have to. I have to pick up something at Costco today, so I'm going to have to put a mask on for the first time. Did you see? I don't go out very yeah. often, so I don't, I'm not around people, although Saturday I was around someone, which we'll talk about in a little One bit. more recap on the weekend. Did you yeah. see um, Channel 6 had out there calling it Patio Patrol? They were out there. That 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 bugs me. And again, we don't trying to overload the podcast with COVID nineteen no, stuff. But I, I, I was driving Saturday to an appointment, and I heard this story. Somebody called the cops on some gathering at a bar in North Columbus where they had twenty some people on the patio. I would just say, people, don't do that. Don't do that because the people who are there and they're having fun and they're station. enjoying life. I just can't get into the whole calling the cops on people who aren't following the rules uh -huh. thing. Well, that's, you know, they did that before in history. It wasn't a great time in history. Either. No. Didn't end well. No. So, you know, I Walk think around, you and I, They're going to start walking around with tape measures. Yeah. You're 5 feet 11 apart. Mm, Back are, up one there, inch. There are places that give you a hat when you walk in with a pool noodle on it so that you, you know, you have three feet on each side of I you. Won't, I won't be... Uh, no, I won't be going I there. I won't be going there. You won't I'm see not, me in a but, hat But I'm not going to call noodle. the cops on them. <laughs> Honestly, when I hear that, that like somebody's doing a restaurant with handing you pool noodle hats, I think, is this my real life or, or is this headline from The Onion? So yesterday I'm online and I see this story, Major League Baseball safety precautions. No finger licking, no spitting, no mascots, no bat boys or girls, no swapping of lineup cards, no high fives, no fist bumps, no restaurants for the road team, and players are discouraged from showering at the ballpark after a game. Did you ever not shower after a football game? No. Wouldn't you be more like you're around yes. players? Wouldn't you be covered you with more that. germs? Yeah. You would think you not want that showering? Off. Yeah. No, of course, we're talking about baseball, so I don't know if they sweat or yeah, not. Yeah, but I mean. It's so, good, good dude. Shot I mean, they, baseball players. No, it's, that's ridiculous, man. I, I really don't <laughs> understand. Crazy. The whole the whole purpose was to flatten the curve. Everybody in America flattened the curve. Governor DeWine was on uh, CNN yesterday talking about, I'm going to punish those people that didn't follow the rules on the restaurants, send the police over there. The Blasio is going to fence off the beaches in New York City. Because we want you to stay inside. Okay, we're getting into our complaining phase of the podcast. All right, I'm it's, sorry. It's, no, don't be sorry. I'm, I'm right there with you. Remember Phyllis George? Sure do. Phyllis George, Never NFL today. Brent Musburger, Irv Cross, Jimmy the Greek Snyder, and Phyllis George. The original kind of NFL pregame show. Phyllis George passed away Sunday at the age of 70. Yeah. Just thought we should mention that because she was a broadcast Trailblazer. pioneer. Trailblazer, yeah. absolutely. 
and opened the door for a lot of um, female, or excuse me, not allowed to call them females, oh, yeah. as I was informed a year and a half ago. Yeah, even though God made them male. Open, <laughs> open the door for a lot of self-identifying women. The women that I've worked with always uh, certainly had great respect mm -hmm. for Phyllis George and sh what she was able to do as far as being a pioneer in that field. Uh, so was Jimmy the Greek was a pioneer when you bring an odds maker, odds maker on. Yeah, no kidding. And also Will McDonough, who right. was a pioneer for your ilk. He was. He started the NFL Notes column. And to have but the first newspaper man to be on TV mm -hmm. at that type of level, mm -hmm. which opened the door and careers for many other people. And Will McDonough, of course, was a great writer out of Boston, uh, well-respected. Father of? Sean McDonough. Father of Sean McDonough. That's so, correct. There you go. What else do you have, Fred? Uh, we have Urban Meyer, uncomfortable, <laughs> affirming Jim Harbaugh's letter to the NFL. Here's a quote from Jim Harbaugh, or from uh, Urban Meyer during a recent f appearance on Fox Sports. As much as I sometimes get challenged on whether to agree with Coach Harbaugh or not, I thought it was a great letter. Harbaugh sent a letter to the NFL saying, let kids go whenever they want. If they don't get drafted, let them come back to school. Yeah. I've been saying I that thought there were some great years. points in it, Urban said. You would definitely agree with it. There's actually a group of coaches that have been having conversations about keep pro, pro, keep college, college. Anytime a player wants to go test the markets and become a pro athlete, go do it. Uh, he says, make uh, no doubt about it. There will be plenty of players get hurt and hurt badly from this. Talking about, uh, you know, letting agents and marketing companies and stuff operate in the college spectrum. The reality is the NFL is very, very hard. What's going to happen is guys are going to get agents. They're going to get those third uncles that say, go to the NFL. I've dealt with at least 100 times. They don't get drafted. They give away a free education. So he's saying if you don't allow them the opportunity to come back to school, exactly. then, it's a, you know, that's, then it's a bad idea because the agents will talk them into going. But if you give them the opportunity to come back to school – and you keep them from taking, you know, cars and this and that. Although in the, in the era of name, image, and likeness, maybe that's okay because yeah. they're getting it for their name, image, and likeness. Uh, and it's too bad. The agent pays the money and kid goes back to school. I mean, who's going to feel sorry for the agent? Nobody. Right. Um, and then the, and that might keep the agents honest, too. They might not invest in – they might not just, you know, willy-nilly invest in kids if they think, well, you know, I tell him he's going to go pro, but nobody's going to draft this kid. Right. So <laughs> I thought it was an interesting that's that Urban it. had to preface it by saying – yeah, I know I'm not supposed to agree with Jim Harbaugh, but I do agree with Jim Harbaugh. It's just funny to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, and it and it makes sense. And look, I I think for now, I don't know if it makes sense for the NCA because of all the cost cutting measures that some of the smaller conferences are doing. Bowling lost, Green, Lemonade Baseball, Lemonaded Baseball program, which is is sad. Now you know Title Nine, Bowling Green now has six male sports and eleven female. Six male sports. That's and it. Huh? Eleven uh, female wow. sports. So wow. we saw what happened with Akron. They eliminated uh, men's golf, men's cross country, and I believe women's tennis. Yeah, save four point four million. And the MAC football has eliminated hotel stays the night before games. Now I'm assuming that's the home team hotel. I would assume because if you play a noon game on the road, yeah, what are you getting up at four in the morning? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, yeah. What I mean, if if say Bowling Green's playing Northern Illinois, so that would be what a five five and a half hour drive. Sure. I or, mean, they also play Maction plays Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. You're not gonna like go to class. So I'm just going to assume <laughs> hit the road at noon for a seven o'clock game. That's what that means. So which you know, um, 
I can live with that. Cutting the travel rosters from 76 to 70, I can live with that. Yeah, I got no problem with that. You got to save where you got to save. So, anyway. Uh, but I like Harbaugh's idea. Uh, I, 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 It just makes sense to me. Basketball does it now. Yeah, within reason. They still have a date where you have to withdraw by and you have to use a certain NCAA-approved agent like Caleb Wesson, I think. I'm not sure what the date is, but Caleb Wesson, when he went into the quote-unquote draft, C.J. Walker, too. C.J. Walker's in the draft right now, but he's going to come back. He just wants to go out and hear what they have to say. Why not? I would do the same thing if I just because it it tells a player, it gives them information. I'm actually surprised D.J. Carton's not doing it. I don't think DJ loves school enough to sit for a year at Marquette. Did he play enough to get evaluated? Yeah, he's ten points a game. Is There'd that be somebody who? Is that I mean, NBA he might level? get taken. He, may, he well, I mean, he certainly would get. He certainly would get an opportunity to play professionally in the G League or in Europe. Alonzo yeah. Gaffney's going that route. Yeah, foolishly, but he's doing it. Why so. he didn't play at Ohio State? <laughs> I know. So why? Why? What's the point of staying at Ohio State if he didn't play at Ohio State? Well, you would think maybe with Caleb Wesson leaving, there'd be a spot opening up. You would think. But, but he wasn't Seth good Towns enough. coming in, taking that spot. Well, and speaking of basketball. Yes. I finished the last dance last okay, night. Okay, like you finished the last dance. Is That's it now, right? No yeah. more? I mean, nine I, episodes? Ten. Ten? Okay. It's just wonderful. And my admiration from a sports perspective of Michael Jordan okay. is confirmed, validated, and probably added to of what type of competitor he was. What type of winner he was, um, what type of teammate he was. I know that he gets a bad rap for being a, a bad teammate, but it, if you see some of the behind the scenes, how he interacted with those guys and how he could have set himself away from his team, mm-hmm. was he hard? Yes. Did he challenge guys? Yes. But we were talking last week about this, and we talked about the uh, punch of Steve Kerr. Punch Steve Kerr in practice. Steve Kerr hit him first. He did. Yes. Oh, okay. Did you know that? I did not. And so, like this? Steve Kerr. Hit well, like I this. don't know. Steve Kerr. I have some information that I learned last night that I didn't know about, and I understand some things about Steve Kerr. Now I know. Did you know that his father was killed? In, oh yes, I knew that. Yes, but Le- his father, a, uh, ambassador in Lebanon. Yeah, but his father was a globalist. That's how he defined himself. Oh really? So there you go. That. Still didn't deserve to be assassinated. No, of no course one, not. No one. No, would I'm, I'm that. just saying that's some of the mindset of, of Steve Kerr, who who is not shy about commenting politically on yeah. things in the country, yeah. and from his freedom of speech, which still exists. Thank <laughs> Unless God. it's China and the NBA, shut then, it out. Then he gets very quiet. Yeah, but um, but my point is that I mean that stuff happens in every professional locker room where there's inner battles and fights and arguments. I mean, you know that. So, I I, I just. What he was and how good he was, and to have to win three back to back, take a year off, and to win three more. He take two, but he took two years off. I think the Rockets won two while he was sitting out. Okay, whatever it was yeah. to win, come back and win three more. I mean, can you think of a greater athletic accomplishment from a team perspective than what he was able to do? He he really. It was funny. He ended. He said he was. He, everybody would have came back on a one-year contract yeah. and, and gone for seven. Yeah, I mean, is there a greater athletic accomplishment than he was able to do to bring the best out of his players? And it was the right coach with the right mentality and the right team. Like Dennis Rodman in the middle of the finals goes down and does a misses practice and goes to an NWO World Wrestling yep. uh, event. 
didn't matter. They were focused. They didn't let the <laughs> things that didn't matter matter. It's just matter. amazing what, yeah. but what, obviously without him, that was nothing like that would have ever been possible. And it's just uh, how he played Bruce and his determination and everything was motivation. He was everything that I tried to be. And I really did not realize that until the end of the, that documentary. I mean, I saw it coming and I said, that was my mentality. That's what I thought. That's how I believe. That's what That was my mindset. And people get a little anxious about the, the language or whatever. That's the language of the locker room. Yeah, I mean, you've you've walked in those like, yeah, it is. It, well, so, unfortunately, it is, but it's just it just is, and yeah, it so is. It, it's doesn't mean they're bad people or bad guys. And here's another thing: um, you and a few other folks were a little bit critical of what's Michael Jordan done. Michael Jordan has been a great ambassador. This was David Stern talking. We lost David, I think, this year, last mm -hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, this year. Uh, to, for the game of basketball worldwide, I think before Michael Jordan or in 1992, there were 80 countries with the NBA in it. When he left, 200 countries. Now, it wasn't all Michael Jordan, but I got to tell you, there was no bigger draw oh, of course than not. Michael Jordan. And, it, and uh, his guy, his security guard that he had with him, who he adopted kind of his father figure, passed away of cancer, and how Michael Jordan took care of him, took care of the family. See, these are things that we didn't know mm -hmm. about Michael, and I know that you would like to use for him to have used his public platform for a greater good. Uh, Michael does a lot of things, from my understanding, privately, and that's just kind of the way he is. But I, I just thought the whole documentary was one of the best that I've ever seen, and I'm a big documentary fan. I thought it was... Uh, Amazing. I I knew these things about Michael Jordan, but mm -hmm. to actually see them take place and uh, watch his competitive drive and his work ethic and being the best player and what his teammates thought about him. Sure, they loved him at times. They hated him at times. Welcome to my world. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I I mean, I would say it is not my place to order how Michael Jordan applies his charitable endeavors or applies anything about his life is not my place. My place is to hope for Michael Jordan to get the decision right on who Jesus Christ is to him. That's my hope. That's, that's the only wow. thing I have the uh, compulsion, the calling to invest my thoughts in sure. is that he gets that right because if he gets that right everything i won't have to mm -hmm. god will lead him to the other stuff and mm -hmm. i don't know if he has or hasn't gotten it right and i it's not my we place to not judge know. not yeah. my place to judge whether he has or hasn't it's just my calling okay. to hope he gets it right that's I, what i should have articulated better the first time I we think, had the conversation i think that's our everybody's hope it's, for, it, ev for for everybody, everybody. yes for so, everybody but my point was just purely from a sports and a competitive standpoint, the most amazing athlete of my life by far because of his talent and his will and his drive and how he was able to challenge people. But he held himself to a higher standard than he held his teammates. 
that's the thing that was the attraction to me. I mean, if you watch, you watched a little bit, so you can mm-hmm. see my attraction of where, where sure. it comes from, right? I know how much you wanted to win Ugh. a Super Bowl. And so I understand your admiration for someone who was Six. single-minded and raised his teammates. I will say in basketball, I think it is much, much easier Sure. To, to raise your teammates and unless lift them to a championship. Yes, unless you're a quarterback than it is in the National Football League. There's nothing, there's virtually nothing you can do as a defensive player to lift your offense. I mean, you could intercept a pass every game and return right. it for a touchdown, but that's just not it's not possible or likely. Uh, so I understand your admiration I for just, Jordan as yeah. an athlete. I understand it. I, You know what I wish I would have had? One of the cool things about basketball that I noticed last night was because, um, and I had a little, I chatted with Chris Holtman about this, mm-hmm. about the numbers, right? There's such an elite few. There's only mm-hmm. 15, and that bond that can yep. grow, and if you have the greatest player in the world that is is that that team guy or that bond, it just was, it was fun for me to watch and see what it was to see the reality of it, where it's not all roses and everybody's not always happy and hugging, you know, there's relationships. So with you have relationships, you're going to have your ups and downs and your fights and your arguments. And But for them to come together as one was just an absolute thing of beauty for me in the world of sports. It just for team, just absolutely wonderful. So I, I enjoyed it. And uh, the other cool thing is I forgot how good the Indiana Pacers were. Very good. Uh, and I forgot how good Stockton and Malone mm, were. Very good. You know, and... and it just uh, it brought a lot of it too. Brought back. That's when I was in the prime of my career to watch all this in the nineties. That's to watch all this unfold was really uh, really special for me. So thank you ESPN. Thank you for the guy who had the vision to put this together, and for the Bulls that showed me something where when you have a team of great players uh, p- putting it, their selfish ambitions aside. For championships and how good a coach Phil Jackson was, because then he went and he did it with great players. But still, Bruce, that takes some skill, as you know. Sure, molding those be, egos. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was great. It was fabulous. So uh, there is a kind of a tie between what Chris Holtman told us Friday on the podcast and Michael Jordan. We'll get to that in a moment. First, a reminder that if you are a small business, we're happy you're getting back up and going. We understand all the difficulties that you're dealing with in answering a million questions. You're adding employees. You're trying to add them to your health care roles. Maybe it's a great time for you as you've downsized and now ramped back up to look at your health insurance. But boy, who has time? You're ordering product. You're trying to get everybody uh Back on schedule, you're trying to comply with the state regulations. You need someone who can answer all those questions for you and steer you to the best opportunities. That is auiinfo.com. That's the website, auiinfo.com. Health insurance brokers in Akron. They service the entire state. They can help you if you're an individual, but their specialty is small businesses because they are a small business themselves with 17 employees. Chrissy and her staff do a phenomenal job not just answering your questions, but being available to answer your questions after you come to an agreement to allow AUI Info to represent you. They operate AUI University for their clients. They're always available. They're reaching out to you all the time to see what they can do to help you, and they can help you with all those state compliance issues. So remember the name, auiinfo.com, for all the information, guidance, and assistance counseling that you need, auiinfo.com. Com. Something Holtman said reminded me of Jordan. You know, Jordan demanded a lot of his teammates. Yeah. Remember when uh, we asked Chris Holtman about who had been most influential in his life beyond his parents? He said his college coach. Right. But he said 
He was very demanding, and there were times I honestly didn't enjoy playing for him. Right. So there's a value in understanding that people who push you out of your comfort zone are benefiting you, even though it may not feel good no. at the time. Well, I can say uh, from my experience as a father that there's many times where I pushed my kids way out of their comfort zone, and I know that they didn't like me at the time for doing that. And my standard answer back in the day when I did that was, you're not old enough to make that decision. You don't have enough experience to make that decision. I'll make it for you. Then I will deem when you are old enough to make those decisions. But right now, you're not old enough. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's how I did it. I'm sorry. That's how I, no, I'm not sorry. What am I saying? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry I did it that way. I think that um, now they're all the age where I present them with all the information possible in my experience and what I would do, but I told them that's not my choice. That's going to be your choice on what you decide to do. You own it, not me. I retweeted something from one of the leadership guys that I respect and follow, Michael Hyatt. Michael Hyatt's tweet over the weekend was, the most interesting things happen just on the other side of your comfort zone. That's true. That's so true. Yeah. That's so um, true. I want to share with you what I did this weekend because I think it'll be a bridge into uh, our faith segment. I sort of went back in time in my life, which was neat, but was also a challenge. Uh, first reminder, if you need a full-service law firm, Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys is the law firm for you. They're located in Hilliard on Truman Boulevard. They specialize in workers' compensation, social security disability, wills and estate planning, personal injury, employment law. But when I say they're a full-service law firm, they can handle anything. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys, uh, really great people. And if you're at a point in your life where you've pretty much started now to uh, reach one fork in the road. You've got your family, you're married, you've got your business started. Uh, the piece of the puzzle that's missing is uh, someone you can trust who has high integrity, high character, who can shepherd you through those legal questions that are inevitably going to come up either in your personal life or your professional life. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys is the law firm for you. you can they do find estate them planning too, right? Yes. So that's important, folks. Very important. It's really important, so take care of that. Uh, because you don't want the state to take care of that for you no, in the so. unexpected event of your passing. Uh, Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys are online at willisattorneys.com. So I have a friend who operates a website that specializes in covering high schools um, in western Ohio. And my first sports writing job was in Troy, Ohio. In the 1980s. Remember that, yes. And I loved my time in Troy, Ohio. It was a great town. It was like a bigger West Liberty. My hometown is West Liberty. Yes, but Troy was like West Liberty. It was the county seat of Miami County. Okay, so it's like a Bell Fountain, Urbana. The big towns when I was a boy. <laughs> okay. But Troy was just a clean town and a... Yeah, just I just love Troy. Miami River goes through Troy, and uh, Hobart Arena's in Troy. And so anyway, I got the opportunity to be a sports writer at the Troy Daily News. And early on, uh, one year into my time at Troy, uh, Troy hired a new football coach. His name is Steve Nolan. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steve came in, and he turned the program around. And I stayed. I covered his teams for two years. His first year, they went from 4-5-1 and one to 8-2, and two, lost two games by a point. 
The next year they went 12-0. and They lost in the state playoffs to Cincinnati Moeller. They gave Moeller a very tough game wow. at Welcome Stadium. It was the Veda Murray Cincinnati Moeller uh, team. Steve Cloney was the coach. And uh, then I left and moved to Miami, and I lost touch with Steve Nolan. So Steve Nolan coached at Troy for 28 years, won 202 games, 11 playoff appearances. And he then came back from his first year of retirement to coach at a small school, Troy Christian School. He coached there for three years. He retired again. He sat out four years. Now he's coming back again. And this buddy of mine said, why don't you go over and talk to Steve Nolan about why he's coming out of retirement a second time to coach. So I did. I went over Saturday. We sat in the weight room. We talked. It had been 36 years since he came to Troy, and I, you know, probably wow. 35 or 34 since I covered him or talked to him. He hadn't changed a whole lot. Uh, I don't know if I have or not. But it was neat to go back and kind of relive that part of my life. And we reminisced. And what really was cool was... Did he remember you? Oh, yeah. Um, which was amazing to me. But... Uh, but what was really cool was to hear how he puts such a premium. He got so invigorated talking about getting kids to improve, coaching them in technique, raising their capacity, seeing the yeah. gains they made in the strength room from January through March. And, so, and I just thought, man, if you're a coach, you really have such a privileged position in life where you get to impact young people. And he has guys, the guys who recruited him to coach at Troy Christian are on the board at Troy Christian, are all guys he coached at Troy High School. Yeah. His quarterback's coach and wide receiver's coach was the quarterback coach on the first team he had at Troy. That young man, Aaron Johnson, who's not a young man anymore, uh, went on to play halfback and started for two years at Navy. Uh, so it was just, you know, just kind of fun. It was like I was stepping back in time and I was – 25-year-old Bruce Hooley again. And, yeah. yeah, honestly, it caused me to reflect on a great time in my life, and it caused me to reflect on, boy, I really didn't have much about life figured out at that time, and I sure wasted a lot of time in my spiritual life. So I would say it kind of over the weekend kind of threw me into this weird, like... How old is he now? Steve's 67. Oh, that's a young guy still. Very young guy. Still got the energy, man. Still yeah. got the fire. You have to. And you're right. It's a cool. They Troy had a good running back that went to uh, South Carolina, played against the Buckeyes. Ryan now. Brewer. Ryan Mr. Brewer. Football. That's right. Yeah, good yeah, little player. He had a great game in the Outback Bowl. <laughs> Not good enough for us. Don't State. mention Ryan Brewer to John Cooper. That Lou was, Holtz. Yeah, got him down to South Toughest Carolina. Toughest Army defense I've ever seen. Uh, thank you, Lou. Um, but yeah, that I think the you talk about the the privilege. So coaches get to have a front row seat to that growth and development which is the payoff for coaching to see that improvement they also have to live with the disappointments for many of their young guys or or gals that excuse me um young women uh, gals would be deemed is that not i i don't think i don't think it is okay. i don't know guys and gals i, I know you didn't mean it no. snarkily thank you uh to see the improvement and also to see why Somebody may not live up to their potential or their ability, but to also be invested in a person's life that might not have the best home life and the only stability. And how many times do we hear this is that there are coaches or coaches in high school that have the impact 
and a positive influence on them. I mean, I when I did college football for ESPN, that was guaranteed at least once, at least once a week of one of the players. If it wasn't for Coach so-and-so, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So you know that. I mean, sure. you covered Miami, for crying out loud. Absolutely. You covered the Canes. I covered the Canes. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> you could see his uh, star rising even then. Here's an email to SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, and that is how you nominate people for COVID-19 relief on Friday. Drop us an email. Tell us about them. Podcast at gmail.com. We invite you to review the podcast on iTunes. That really helps us with iTunes ranking, which helps us with listeners, which helps us with sponsors, but mainly helps us understand what you like about the podcast and what you don't. So this is an email on our content. Matt Wolf emails and says, thank you for everything you guys do, especially in the faith aspect and the way you strive to represent our Savior. Chris, I fell in love with Buckeye football in 84. Keith Byers was my first football hero, and Chris Spielman was my second. Well, he's got to finish second to Byers. Yeah. That's not too bad. That's all right. Uh, he I'll, says I'll take it to Keith. He gets behind on some of the podcasts, and he just now listened to the one with Tom Ryan, OSU wrestling coach, and he wants to share a story with us from a dinner he attended in the early 90s where OSU wrestling coach Russ Hellickson was the keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. Hellickson was telling a story about rooming with Tom Ryan's college coach, Dan Gable, the legendary Dan Gable, Iowa coach, national champion, blah, 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 that Hellickson was rooming with Gable, and he shared this story. And Matt says he remembers the story almost word for word, and here it is. This is Russ Hellickson talking. In 1971, I roomed with Dan Gable at the World Championships. Dan won the gold medal. The next morning, I, Russ Hellickson, woke up, looked over at his bed, and it was empty. I thought to myself, where the heck is Dan? About a half an hour passed, the door opened, and in walks Dan, sweat running down his face. (laughs) He sat down on the bed, leaned over with his head in his hands, and sweat began to drip off his fingers. I said, Dan, what have you been doing? He answered, running. I said, why? His answer, because I will be an Olympic champion. Now, here was the guy who the night before had won a world championship, and he's running first thing the next morning. His goal was not a world championship. He was not satisfied with the world championship. His goal was an Olympic gold medal, and in almost exactly one year to the day later, Dan Gable won the Olympic gold medal in a fashion no one else had ever done. He did not give up a single point to an opponent. <laughs> That's dominant, man. Yeah, and he makes the point, Matt does, he says, Dan Gable chose suffering, and that is, of course, the name of the book that Tom Ryan has written. And I remiss, I think maybe tonight is Tom Ryan's, I think tonight is Tom Ryan's Facebook Live thing for announcing his book and talking about his book. So keep your eye on Spielman and Hooley Facebook page, Spielman and Hooley Twitter, at We Tackle, and my Twitter, and we will get details today i'll check in with tom and do what we can do to help promote his event tonight so we talk about like what michael jordan was able to do is one of the greatest accomplishments via team sport what dan gable was to oh. wrestling from a coaching perspective and more as a competitor and not giving up a single point <laughs> I mean, was that 70- that's amazing because now guys was that freely 72? let their opponents yeah. escape yeah 72 olympics in munich yeah so just a fascinating but Dan Gable, I think Wayne Gretzky could be on the lines of Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's why when you said Jordan, nobody's ever done what he's done. I don't know Gretzky's thing enough, but I think he was MVP seven consecutive yeah, well, years. Well, I, mean, I think Gretzky was uh, obviously another one of those guys that elevated everybody around him. Those guys are so unique and special. And I'm thinking about quarterbacks now. I think Tom Brady's still that guy. 
I think Russell Wilson elevates people around him, and Patrick Mahomes is that quarterback that can make everybody around him shine and better. Can you think of anybody else? Rodgers, maybe, still, my opinion. Yeah. Anybody else? I feel like Mahomes makes everyone around him better because Mahomes is just so doggone good. That's the point. That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, he's a really hard worker, by the way, and really smart and tough and competitive, everything you want your best player to be. Patrick Mahomes in high school, I found this uh, online this weekend, was a three-star recruit, number 398 in the country. This particular graphic shared recent NFL MVPs and what their star rating was coming out of high school. Um, Matt Ryan was a three-star. He was 833 overall. Lamar Jackson was a three-star, 409 overall. Aaron Rodgers was a three-star. MVP Lamar Jackson? MVP Lamar Jackson, yeah. I'll yeah. uh, be enjoy your cup of coffee as a star, Lamar, because they're going to figure you out, pal. Okay. Uh, okay. Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how this could be right. Aaron Rodgers was a three star. I can believe that. I can't believe he was the fifty third recruit in the country overall as a well, three star. He, he was a uh, JUCO kid. He's a for, JUCO kid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then Cam Newton was uh, a five star. He was twenty sixth overall. Adrian Peterson was a five star. He was number one overall. I thought that was interesting because two Buckeye recruits. In the last two weeks, two commits in their star-studded 2020 class have been elevated from four stars to five stars. Now, I find that interesting. And I'm not making any comment on the kids. I'm sure they're great kids, and I'm sure they're great players. But the the first thought I had was, how do you go from being a four-star to a five-star, particularly now where I know there are no camps, no opportunity to work out for anyone, how did you go from being a four-star to being a five-star? Doesn't it depend on sometimes who's recruiting you or who offers you? That's the only thing I can think that changed is who they signed with. So I invest in a lot of things in sports. I invest my time, energy, effort. Um, I don't invest in re- high school recruiting. Just to, I don't do it. I don't know why. I just It doesn't interest me because I think... Uh, you can you, you can't tell with seventeen and eighteen year olds and the level of competition at high school that some of these guys play against. You would have been a five star had there been star uh, ratings. In. Pro- you would have been a five star. I, I probably would have been a five star, but yeah. I I wouldn't. I just to me, I don't think it's fair. Now I think you can measure stars or measure how a kid's going to be against the level of competition mm-hmm. that he plays against. Like if you're playing. In the parochial leagues down in Cincinnati, or in your dominant, then it's legit. Yeah, it's legit, and the chances are, he probably can play at the next level. Yep. And or if you're playing at Maslin, of course, Maslin Tigers. Yes, yes. twenty two times, twenty two times state champion, state champion in the pole era. <laughs> you didn't have to prove it on the field. Um, <laughs> but but here's it's the still thing: twenty two times state champion. I, I, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Nice honor. Well, they didn't, what get, if they these, didn't get fourth and still get a state championship. What if these two kids had signed with Slippery Rock? Would they would they have gone no. from four stars to five stars? No. What if they'd signed with Akron? No. So again, they I want to make sure. Stay at a I want to make sure you know what before. my point is. I'm not doubting their ability to be great Buckeye football players. I'm not doubting 
the fact that you cannot win without recruiting great players. I'm simply confining my comments to the star system in recruiting, which to me has some, not all, some fishy elements to it. Yeah. In that, explain to me in a pandemic with no camps and no anything, it's not like they were off the radar, kids. They were already four stars, okay? So the guys who evaluate their tape had already looked at their tape. They'd already gauged them relative to other players. It's not like they came out, oh, this, this kid I never even heard of signed with Ohio State. Well, we got to make him a five-star because the Buckeyes wouldn't want him unless he was good. It wasn't that. They were four stars being recruited by a crap ton of people. They signed with Ohio State. Yeah. Power of the Buckeyes. Sudden, and all of a sudden. Five stars. Yeah. You are who you associate Maybe with. Maybe because Ohio State, during a pandemic, it watched a little extra film and made the decision to set. Well, now they're five stars. Yeah. You think A.J. Hawk? cared what type of star he was what number of stars he had three-star recruit aj hawk was he he was yeah and mike deandrea was a five-star in yep. that same class and bobby carpenter was i don't know if bob was a five or a four but he was rated higher than aj yeah so. and i'm just i'm just gonna make a, a a possibility if aj hawk's father had been an nfl player like bobby's father rob was maybe aj would have been rated higher. i don't bobby was a good bobby really, no i'm not saying yeah. bobby's not a good player i'm saying bobby's father being an nfl player didn't hurt him any no it doesn't hurt absolutely not uh, speaking of recruiting, uh-huh. you and I have both been, well, this this will be a topic <laughs> okay. we can relate on. You and I have both been mystified over the uh, Jim Harbaugh era, why he has not recruited Ohio more, particularly in an era where Ohio State has left some good Ohio players on the table to go take greater, mm-hmm. perceived to be greater players from out of state. Um, back to Urban Meyer. Uh, talking about Jim Harbaugh. He says, quote, I have been surprised by Harbaugh. Is I have been surprised. This is a, to the Toledo Blade. Talking about Harbaugh's limited success in Ohio. Urban Meyer knows their history. He says, if you look at their history, and I know their history very well, two Heisman Trophy winners from Ohio, great players from Ohio, Coach Day and myself and our recruiting guy, we monitor them. Even to this day, I'll ask, what's going on at Michigan? That usually was a street fight when we first got there. With Brady Hoke and even Coach Harbaugh, it was a street fight because they were into Ohio everywhere. Uh, But lately, they have not been in Ohio. Uh, Urban says, I don't feel the street fight at all. I don't know why. But you always say take care of your footprint before you go elsewhere, and Ohio is their footprint. I don't know what Harbaugh's doing. I don't know either. I thought he'd at least make inroads in Cleveland. I said when Harbaugh came... There was a pipeline through Cleveland. Better believe it. Pierre Woods, Glenville. And then Tress came in and shut that door. I said when Harbaugh came to Michigan, the battle would be joined. (laughs) So it hasn't been joined yet. When he did two things. One, in Ohio Stadium, which he's not done yet. And B, got a kid to go to Michigan that Ohio State wanted. Now... Donovan Peoples-Jones may be the one mm-hmm. that he recruited that Ohio State wanted because Urban sure gushes about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, but Harbaugh's been, look, Harbaugh's been better than, two things can be true at once, we say it all the time. Harbaugh's been better than Brady Hoke and better than Rich Rodriguez by a mile, by 10 miles. Right. He's not been what I thought he'd be. No. I thought it'd be 50-50. Yep. I remember I actually um, spoke to Ohio State's team, Urban had me come over and speak when Harbaugh got the job. And, you know, this was when Jim was coming out of the NFL, and, and I just said it's going to be a different era. I was wrong. Yep. I was completely wrong. 
And nobody's more disappointed than Jim Harbaugh because he understands what it, the rivalry is. He gets it. But the biggest, there's only, the, the one thing I can point to is why this hasn't happened. Why? You tell me. <laughs> talent. Well, talent. At, quarterback. At quarterback. Offensive Good line and running back. So who, They got wide receivers. So They got wide receivers, but they can, don't have talent you, at quarterback, say, running back, wide, offensive say, line. Urban had Braxton Miller. Yep. You can say what you want about JT Barrett. JT Barrett was is a record record setting Big Ten quarterback. Perfect quarterback for Urban's system. Then you go, then JT goes down, then of course you have Cardale Jones. Right? Then you step in and you have uh Well, you go back to JT Barrett, and then go, you go to Dwayne Haskins. You go back to JT Barrett, then you go to Dwayne Haskins, then you go to Justin Fields. Yeah. And by the way, the quarterback that had the best history in college, best season in college football history, Joe Burrow, is, wasn't good enough to start for you. Yeah, and you so don't, you don't want to get into a situation where your starter is a transfer so, every year. And Harbaugh's largely has been. Justin Fields is the exception at Ohio State. Anybody that wants to know what's the big mystery between Ohio State and Michigan, it's one answer: it's a quarterback position. Which is all the more mystifying because Harbaugh's the guy who had Andrew Luck. And you'd think you put a guy in the NFL as a number one pick overall, and you yourself were an NFL quarterback and a first-round pick, you would think quarterbacks would flock to play for Jim Harbaugh. Because he's proven, I guess, I mean, Andrew Luck may have gotten there on his own. I don't know, nobody gets there on their own. But Jim Harbaugh has the cred that you would think he would be able to recruit the stud quarterback. He did. I don't know if he has it now. Yeah, I mean, but but here's the thing, and this goes back to our recruiting discussion. Brandon Peters, who's now at Illinois, but was at Michigan, Brandon Peters was rated higher in high school than Dwayne Haskins. So you could say, well, you got a guy higher than Dwayne Haskins. He didn't develop well, him. That's the, or the recruiting rating was wrong. I, or Harbaugh's evaluation then was wrong. You have, okay, then if that's the case, so either the evaluation was wrong or the development of the player yep. was wrong. So we can all agree... I think that one thing that uh, Mickey Marotti, Urban Meyer, so far Ryan Day, mm -hmm. the one thing that they've been able to do is once they accrue the talent, they develop the talent at that position. There's no doubt in my mind that Ohio State will have backups this year, probably multiple backups who could start for Michigan. At quarterback? No, I'm just uh -huh. no, I'm saying like I know they'll have one at tackle. They'll have Paris Johnson, Dewan Johnson, and Taylor Munford. Can't start three tackles, <laughs> and one of those guys would be good enough to start at Michigan. Yeah, so it just will. Is what it is, my friend. Yes, Dominance Welcome continues. back, sports NASCAR. Yeah, let's get sports back. Kevin Harvick, congratulations. Did he me. win? He did. How did Ryan Newman? I have win? no idea. But you know, Ryan Newman was the. Yeah. I mean, you're, are you a NASCAR guy? Uh, I'm. I'm. Set a kind of um, what's the word? Moderately familiar. I know the names. I usually. Shannon usually like texts me right. or it tells me like what to watch for. I, I heard her on the uh, Outkick the Coverage podcast Saturday. She was on Outkick the Coverage. She was on Fox and Friends on Friday morning. Yeah. So she was dialed in. By the way, I think it's silly the lengths to which broadcast entities are going to observe the um, <laughs> cosmetic it's social distance. Very silly. Like you tell me, Mike Tirico couldn't be in a booth in. In Seminole, Florida, doing a golf match, he had to be in Michigan. Everybody's afraid to get uh, judged or what yeah, is it, virtual signaling. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Was Shannon Spake actually at the track? No, they were at the studio in Charlotte. Stupid.
So were the announcers. The stupid if you're not at the NFL game. You're not a danger to anyone in the booth at an yeah. NFL game. I don't. Well, maybe I, your partner. I don't know, but I'll have to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll. I mean, I'll do what they tell me, just like I do when I go in the stores. You need? Do I need a mask on? Yes. Okay. Here, give me a mask. Here's or, a mask I touched and wore in 20 stores. Feel and, better now? <laughs> I mean, well, it's true, right? Yeah, I carry. Here's the mask I threw in my car I that I've had in my car for two weeks that I've worn in every store I've been to that I haven't washed or sprayed. You feel better now? Face covering. Um, I'm. Have bandanas now, so I'll look like an old Western yeah, villain. I'll look so like Jesse James when, when I'm I going walk, to Costco yeah. today. So I don't. I look. I, they fine. had a they had a cameraman that was not within a hundred yards up on a thing with a mask on. <laughs> I mean, come. The, I explain to me this. Somebody uh, explain to no. I just explain to me this this phenomenon that I'm seeing. So by. Where I live, there's close to a grocery store, and there's a lot of people that sometimes walk to this grocery store. And when I'm driving down that road, and I see people walking to the grocery store, and there's nobody within, I don't know, a half a mile yeah. of them, and they're outside. Yeah, mask on. They have a mask on. Or if I'm driving here to the hinterlands, to the plush studios of the Spielman Hooley We Tackle Life podcast, yes, and... It does not fail that somebody I see in a car at six thirty in the morning is driving in a car with mask. a mask on. Yep. Explain that to me. I can't. Fear. I can that's all I got but, for you. But then, you know, you had Fauci come out and say don't wear a mask. You on sixty minutes. On sixty minutes. Don't wear it. Don't then, do any good. Then we we have DeWine and Acton and Houston up there in a press conference saying Wear it. Wear a mask, people. but they don't have it. We got the CNN reporters yelling at Trump for not wearing a mask, and soon as her press cut, she's soon as she's off camera, she's ripping the mask, mask off. off. I mean, what are we doing here? Seriously, what are we doing? All right. We're an hour in. It's time for the faith portion of the podcast. I don't want to come off like every single day I'm like dialed in, locked in, plugged in, perfect harmony with God. Honestly, the last few days I've been struggling to like feel his presence and connect. And uh, that frustrates me, but it forces me to dig in deeper. In the past, I just got lazy and, well, it's not there, so okay, we'll just move on. No, no, that's how you get farther from God. So uh, it's a little bit like if you know anything about training a horse, training a horse, they have to respond to the bit in their mouth. And if they resist the bit, they pull away and you can't get them to go where they want to go. And they're miserable because the more they fight the bit, the more it hurts their mouth. They have to lean into the bit, lean into the pain. So for me, I've hopefully learned that when I'm feeling distant, I have to make more of an effort to seek God. And so this morning, I just sought him in prayer. And I just started praying for friends of mine who I'm grateful for in my life. And I reflected on their life and I gave thanks for the things I see in their life that really make an impact on me, how they respond to their children, how God's prospered them, how they invest that prosperity in the kingdom of God, how kind they are, how much they support me. And it made me realize that I feel really close to God when I thank him for the blessings in my life. So that was how, what I did today to get myself recentered. So you thanked them for relationships? I thanked them for the relationships with the guys in my church and a lot of the people that I know who I've met in the last year. And I just see so much, so many things that those guys do that I want to emulate. I'm a big believer in success comes by emulating successful people. Yep. Professionally, when, spiritually, emotionally, everything. When's uh, your church opening back up? Uh, doesn't sound like that's going to happen anytime soon. I asked that question last night. Really? Yeah. Who's making that decision? 
uh, Board of Elders. It's a tough thing. It's like, here's the thing. As we ramp back up, and even as we go through our daily lives, Chris has talked about he wears a mask when people request he wears a mask. That's extending grace to people. Don't look for reasons to be divisive. Don't look for reasons to be argumentative. You can believe what you believe, and that's fine. We're big, we're big supporters of that. But again, you don't have to visit your opinion on others. As much as is possible, live at peace with one another. That's mm-hmm. from the Apostle Paul, and I'm trying to live by that. Challenging at times, isn't it? Very challenging. For me, <laughs> brother, you know it's challenging. One of the joys that I get is watching myself or people that we care about. We talk about relationships, right? Like how different you are from even our short time ago at The Zone. When I used to walk into that studio one minute before the show starts, prepared though, I knew what was going on. You actually walked in earlier. You just went and hung out with Eric for a while. Just some of the frustration that would ooze out of you when I would look over and during a break and you were holding so much frustration in, then you'd let it go, but then you'd be a pro on the air, but then all the frustration (laughs) would come out. But to see this side of you is, is been rewarding for me. And it's, that's why I like to say, you know, that's a challenge for you, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. I think a challenge perspective is a challenge for me. And I, if I don't know what I'm going to get the opportunity to do professionally from here on out, but I'm hopeful that the perspective I've gained in the past 15 months will manifest itself in being a uh, much more cheerful, I, patient yeah. person in the work environment. Well, I, you know, I gave my suggestion. I think anybody that would be interested in somebody in sales, I think you'd be phenomenal. Can I Go share ahead. a Proverbs sure. verse? Please do, yeah. So I read this verse this morning, and I, <laughs> I got ahead of myself. I was reading Proverbs 20, and I was thinking about you know adversity and all that kind of stuff. And here's Proverbs 20, verse 30. Blows and wounds scrub away evil, and beatings purge the inmost being. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yep, I feel like lately I've taken some body blows, but those are useful. Yeah, Those are useful. They are, and sometimes um, they don't feel useful at the time. Yeah, they hurt. I've told you my anchor in my life has been anxiety and fear, Mm -hmm. especially during my 30s and early 40s, which, quite frankly, you know, I felt like I lost my You missed 30s. them. Yeah, yeah where'd I, they go? I, where'd they go? I, I don't, you know, I really don't. It was always surrounded by cancer. And that's like the prime of your life. Yeah. Right? I don't really recall them because I do, but it was always with a caveat, mm-hmm. with a cancer caveat. But I look back on it now, and those blows that I've taken give me such great perspective in life now to be a better husband i think i was a good husband with stephanie i think i'm a good husband with carrie but to be a better father and offer wisdom and perspective and to have a godly influence Mm -hmm. on those around me i try to anyway Mm -hmm. but i don't think i would have had that ability if i did not go through some of those blows and beatings and some of those fears and anxieties and struggles and pains and you know that a lot of people don't know about So along those lines, we referenced this last week. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Matthew 6, 34. And how true is that statement? Very true. It's so hard to apply, but I keep going back to that. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about um, the Bible and, and having verses and reference points to apply to your life. Because just because it works one day... 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> it might not be working the next day. So yeah. you need to go back to it. So, and the other one, is, and this is this is the one that um, really comforts me. For after all, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And that's like a punch in the face to me. What I mean, okay, what am I? I'm not, I'm not going to add a single hour to my life. And how, you know, again, it's, it goes along with being aware and being responsible and being courteous and not being totally always confrontational with everything. None of us can add a single hour to our life. Not one of us. I think sometimes we need to kind of look at how we live our life as long as it's with an awareness and a responsible way of living it. Yeah. And from a Christian's point of view, then I think, you know, there'd be a lot less anxiety in this world. Don't you? Yeah, and that's what I'm resting on. As my friend Jason said long ago, and I've repeated it a hundred times because it's so wise, life is lived forward and understood in reverse. There are very few things in my life that I look back on that I don't have some degree of understanding, not complete clarity on, but some degree of understanding of, okay, now I see what God's purpose might have been in that. I see either why I lapsed into that and what I gained from it or you know, it's not that I love it. It's not that I want it. It's just, okay, I can see where he brought something from that, either in me or through others. That understanding is gained in hindsight. It's not gained ahead of time. No, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. For I mean, I'm not unfortunately, at least. It, it feels unfortunate, so, you know, but the, fa- <laughs> but the faith, but we're called to live lives of faith, and faith is trust, sticking in the battle when the battle feels like it's going south. I, I mean, I can recall, Bruce, many nights where I was just done. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. And and that wasn't a bad thing, necessarily. I don't like the word submission, but it was a total... Surrender? Surrender would be better, yes. I mean, I felt for you so much in those years when you'd come into the station and that verse I read about blows. Just, I just yeah. looked like you were just like... Somebody just beat on Chris. And I know his <laughs> life just beat on Chris. You were carrying so much for but, teenage yeah. girls and young uh, and, and Noah and Steph. And you were just, I mean, I felt for you. But I that, couldn't do anything. But, but, but the one thing I tried to do and where God has used me is that there are people that are have that feeling in that walk that I walk. And I want them to... The biggest thing that I want people to know is that there's many of us who understand uncertainty and fear, a lack of stability even within your family life or with what you're struggling with. And from from that cancer perspective, when you're watching somebody die in front of you and there's nothing you can do, the feeling of helplessness, then it is time to surrender to God, which will give you that peace or that strength or that understanding. And and I've mentioned to you where I know God talked to me when he woke me up from that dream and said, no matter what, Chris, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I had this peace, but I still had to walk through. I, I mean, I'm getting a little biblical here, but the the refires of refinement, I guess. With yeah. it, like I pray for you and your family. Now, this is serious. I pray for you and your family every single day because I know what a struggle this has been. I understand. You know, I know what type of person you are. Like you're, you're, you're not going to be the person that nobody signs up for whatever your trials or tribulations are. Nobody signed up for my trials or tribulations, right? But I know because that you are faithful 
that you're going to come through this little storm. Yeah, it's just a bump that you're that you're in. And the cool thing that you have, at least for this day, we know that the girls and Sherry, yeah, are I mean, good. I'm super blessed. That's I just are good. We like <laughs> we talk about man, look how blessed we are, and we are. It's I want to share something that you taught me a couple about a month ago. Sherry was having. I'm not going to say it, but had a few. She had a health issue, situation. A health situation. I must have called you. I don't know if you noticed it. I've called you a, an abnormal amount of times mm-hmm. during that time because yeah. you know where, like, my anxiety yeah, yeah. goes to. She had a symptom that was similar to Steph's. I know yeah. that you, yeah. I thought that clicked with you, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, but you, I was so much in admiration of how you were, at least how you were talking to me about it. And I said, man, I wish I could have had what Bruce has with that. Well, you knew a lot more about your wife's. But you had, I a, guess, you had a confirmation of something that I did not. The problem have to that deal with. I dealt with is that is what a lot of people are dealing with now is they're playing the what if scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and that's that's. But you were a picture of calm, a picture of optimism, a picture of. And I know you were worried, but you weren't like like I would have been. So thank you for setting an example. So there, God used you in that moment. Well, Even when Sherry had that little struggle, God used you to set an example for me. There you go. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, nice well, to know. I would expect nothing less from oh, a two-time <laughs> state champion. <laughs> Is that the second or third reference? I forget. I don't know. Well, uh, you opened the show with it. Well, so I thought it'd be me. a humorous way to open the show. <laughs> Give you a chance to just You're get wrong. it out there. <laughs> throw it out there right off the top. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Please review us on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Spielman and Hooley. On Twitter, at We Tackle. And patronize our sponsors. They're really good people. If you need an attorney, Willis Spangler Starling. Online, willisattorneys.com. Small business, and you got a million things coming at you, Chrissy and AUIinfo.com will help you with health insurance and everything else. And coffee, start your day with the most delicious coffee. Direct from growers, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Be well. Talk to you again Wednesday.